0: Welcome to the Slowing Down podcast. I'm your host, Zhanna Slo-Akimova. And today's guest is Teresa Staven. Teresa used to work in the software IT industry and later on became a certified aromatherapist. Not only did we talk about essential oils, we also spoke about PTSD from the toxic work environment. Also, what do smells do to our brain and memory? The conversation flew by so quickly that I realized that we just scratched the surface. And I want to invite Teresa for the second part. Before we are going to jump into today's conversation, let me quickly tell you something. After we finished, we recorded this in downtown Montreal, Z Studios. When I stepped outside and took a breath, I was amazed that my ability to smell increased thanks to our conversation. I suddenly felt like a superhuman who could smell, I don't know, street food from a kilometer away from us. As we kept walking, I I just felt like a dog which is sniffing everything for the first time in her life, which made me very curious why a conversation can activate the ability to smell. It's pure body-mind connection. Now, I'm very curious if you'll have something similar after listening to this episode, but no big expectations. Just let me know what you think. What is your feedback? I'll be very happy to learn from you. You can shoot me a DM on Twitter. I'm there, Jana Slow, Or send me an email to hello at Janaslow.com. I'll be very happy to learn your feedback on the podcast and especially this episode. Without further ado, please welcome.
1: I'm Teresa Staven. I am a certified aromatherapist uh, here in Montreal and also the owner and founder of Scented Path, which is an aromatherapy center. I help with scents. I just uh, like to shorten up what I do in just that little sentence. I became involved in aromatherapy completely by happenstance. Um, It wasn't anything planned. The long and short of it was I was looking for an alternative for an insect repellent. So I went to Google, did many, many searches, and every time I kept landing on essential oils. And I had some preconceived notions about the use of essential oils, but nothing, like, tactical, nothing, like, well-founded and versed. So I decided, well, why not? What's the worst that can happen? It's not going to work. (laughs) And you're going to be all beaten by mosquitoes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which is what would happen with the off the regular commercial products anyways. So I crafted my own blend of essential oils to use specifically as an insect repellent. And the long and short of it is it worked amazingly. So we went on a few hikes that summer and Not only did we not get bitten by mosquitoes, like, we didn't really see many insects at all coming near us. Um, It was like we were in our own little bubble (laughs) as we were carrying about. Uh, We went on a tour at one point and looked at an architectural site that was in a very wooded area, but also along a river. And as you looked out onto the river, you would see these clouds and swarms of mosquitoes. You'd see them by the, the wooded areas as well. And we were completely fine. I think there was one mosquito that I remember it like came towards and wanted to land on my husband's neck, but never even touched and just flew away again. It was like Second
0: Visible Potion.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It was just, it was such a crazy experience. It just seemed very surreal and unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, So after that, when I got back, I just continued to want to dig in. Um, I'm a, a lifelong learner, I guess you could say, if I could be in school and get paid for it and not have to take exams, I would. <laughs> um, but it just, I kept digging and digging and just discovered so many benefits, but also realized that there is a science behind essential oils and how they can be used and how you should use them. And it just continued to pique my interest. And Long and short of it, um, because the internet is flooded with information that is hard to dissect and knowing is this the best way? Is it not? Is can this do harm? Can it not do harm? Like I just wanted to know more, so I enrolled in a certification course just simply for my own benefit to simply learn more to know best practices, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, the more I got involved. Like, I just started dreaming because I just was was loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, life happened. Um, I had gone out on medical leave um, from my corporate job I had at that point in time um, because I had been diagnosed with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I was experiencing a lot of anxiety, panic attacks, um, and I just needed to, like, take time and for me to to heal, to recover. Um, and just about the time when I was looking to return back to work was when COVID hit. So everything around us was just in a complete uproar. And it was because of that that I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to return to work, and I'm going to move forward and make my dream come true, make it happen today which might not seem logical to most. Um, but as we continue to work through it, just like there's no ideal time. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a dream, do what you can today. And I think just live in the present and and do it. So in 2021, um, I opened up Scented Path and am loving every minute of it.
0: Ah, congratulations. It's a beautiful thank place you. to be. And it's right in our hood. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for being open to talk about, even mentioning your PTSD and, and anxiety. Because I, I can relate to that. I was also diagnosed with a CPTSD, a complex one. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely when you experience mental states of your mind <laughs> mm-hmm. when something goes off the rails. Um, first instinct for me was to not go to see a therapist, but rather kind of search Google self-medicate <laughs> for a while. And um, how was it for you? If you may open up a little bit, what was, uh, did it happen just one day or it's kind of piled up or was it kind of connected to burnout or if if you are okay to share.
1: Yeah, I would say it definitely built up over time. Um, it wasn't just something that one day I was like, ah! Mm-hmm. Um, I had left a previous employment um, because it was a very toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that. And I knew for my own sake, like, this isn't going to be good in the long term. And I was fully, like, logical and rational and realistic in that whole process. Um, And continued going, not a big deal. And then just entered a situation that basically was very similar, but it triggered everything. Mm -hmm. And I think it was very eye-opening to me because in that moment, I didn't realize it had been triggered. All I know is that like I became very emotional. I became uh, very... Hyper vigilant, Mm -hmm. I think was like my primary like anxiety mode, just constantly thinking of like how any situation can play out. And do I have a mitigating path? Should it work out this way? Or if it goes this way, like, how am I going to respond? And it was like, every time I'd come up with that mitigation plan, of course, it wasn't ever going to work, which then you're just like mitigating upon mitigating. And it it just, it gets exhausting. Um, and your your brain is literally just running in circles um, with feeling like there's no direction, there's no stopping. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very interesting and odd experience, especially when I'm just a thinker. Can I relate to that? Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just like, mm-hmm. it was on like hyperdrive. But it took a few months. I remember the first time I met with my therapist, I was very stoic in meeting with them. But I just remember one of the things I said is that I literally have cried more in the past, we'll call it a year, but certainly the last six months, than what I have my whole entire life. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's not that I don't cry, it's not that I don't show emotion, but that's not me just all the time. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But it was funny, it took until probably my fifth or sixth visit with him before I actually s- cried once. And he's like, you're crying. <laughs> and I was like, I am. <laughs> okay. So, but, um, mm-hmm. so that just made it an interesting dynamic. Of course, like just reading some things, I know I had some people ask me, was I suffering from depression? Like, no, because like I get up, I want to do things, I want to do that. But when it came to the weekend, I just wanted to shell up in the bedroom. <laughs> and like use that time to recover. Mm-hmm. I have a neighbor. We would see her because um, out walking her dog when we we're out walking our dog and, and stuff. And just through various conversations with her, she just kind of very nonchalantly was like, I wonder if you have PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, why would I? It mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. But I try to be a person that's also teachable and listen. So went home, went back to Mr. Google <laughs> <laughs> and just like did some basic research and that's where I discovered like you can have PTSD from a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. And then I was reading all these papers about it and like textbook definitions and I was it. Mm. So from there it was then that I reached out to a therapist, um, and started meeting with them, um, and there was some aspects that were getting better, but there was also others that were just like starting to like ignite mm. in a not so positive way. Mm. And so, just after a lot of discussion, um, eventually met with my doctor. I went on some medication as well, and decided to go out on a medical leave about that same time. Mm-hmm. And I would say within the first three weeks. A complete change really was starting to, like, just feel like I was normal again. Um, But then it was just interesting to see, like, week after week, how much more, like, I just felt like myself and was really just kind of taking sheet after sheet or blanket after blanket of just weight off of me and uh, just being able to process. I feel like this still one of the greatest joys was for years. I loved to read. And for years, I hadn't picked up a book because I couldn't focus on reading. Like, I just was mentally and physically too tired mm-hmm. uh, to to do anything. And I remember one night just sitting there, and I'm like, I want to read. And I, like, went and grabbed a book. And it, I may have only read for, like, 30 minutes, but I read. Like, I felt like I was, like, a little kid mm-hmm. and just, like, jumping up and down afterwards. Um but it's still just one of those experiences that I just hold close uh, to my heart and just being able to, like, just being able to do something that I love and and do it again,
0: wow, that's beautiful. As you were talking, I just imagine this, um after this harsh Montreal winter, this blooming, beautiful flower in the springtime, and how it's um, enveloping itself, like dropping up uh, like some I don't know crust from the previous uh, years mm-hmm. or like harsh winter and um and here we go, this blooming, beautiful flower is sitting in front of me <laughs> oh
1: thank you yeah, that's
0: that's a wonderful journey. I'm curious how um scent comes to this equation, how like at, at some point, I just wanted to do this, <sighs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I understand that there was a search for mosquito repellent, and mm-hmm. at, at what point uh, did the scent uh, come to you with your journey of uh, recovering um, and what's called like post-traumatic um, growth, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, what you are describing is basically this,
1: um, right? Um, I would say it it definitely came in waves. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I really cherish about my journey and, more importantly, my recovery is that, yes, I'm the one that was at the center in making the choices for to get better and to to do the things I either needed to do or could do um, to kind of come out out of the mud and mire, uh, so to speak. But I had a community of support around me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had my husband. I had my family and friends, my therapist, my doctor. All of them played a critical role in that. It wasn't just one person that like made it better mm-hmm. for me, for me to to do it. It took a combination. And, I mean, there's no scientific formula to know what that combination was. Um, but, of course, in the midst of it, like I did use aromatherapy myself. Um, mm-hmm. So there was definitely days where... I knew just were were harder like either I was gonna be in situations where I was gonna have to relate to people and I am I'm an introvert Mm -hmm. so a lot of those social settings already take a lot out of me but when you're trying to recover especially on a mental level like it just takes that much more energy Mm -hmm. it's like I don't need the little battery I need the big car battery (laughs) to to keep going. Um, And so it would be instances like that that, like, scent really helped. Um, Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be anything complex, but it would just be, like, like orange essential oil was one that I definitely used a lot of, um, partly because it can be very relaxing, but it also is very uplifting, so it kind of just gave me personally that right balance of being able to relax in the situation, but give me that oomph mm-hmm. that I needed to to keep going. Um, and there's other oils that were very similar and played different, um, played at a different stage in things as well. Um, so I solely didn't rely on oils. I didn't necessarily even use oils every day because mm-hmm. um, I think also at at one point. Um, As I was working on my certification and going through this in the midst of it, I was also trying to find that balance of, like, I'm trying to study and learn, but yet I don't have anything to, like, give right now. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was just always trying to find those right moments, too, to, like, where I could really learn and, like, love it and enjoy it and not feel burdened by it Mm -hmm. or overwhelmed. And um, I think that that's just where kind of, like, Different sense helped too, mm-hmm. in in that path.
0: Oh, thank you. What I liked about the way you present your brand is that you say it's it's supplementary to the traditionals like medicine, <laughs> so it's not um, interchangeable, right? So you're like yep. not claiming that that oil is gonna cure your cancer, <laughs> something like that. Right. right? I'll go to extremes, but um, maybe could you please talk a little bit about this miscarriage maybe conception or misrepresentation. What is happening there? Why there is still this that opinion that, you know, aromatherapy, is that even real? And uh, versus how you now understand that by um, actually going through conventional medications too and Mm -hmm. also recognizing the importance of essential
1: oils. Yep. As an aromatherapist, aromatherapy is an alternative approach. However... As a certified aromatherapist, everything that I do and advise on is complementary to standard conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to tell you, stop taking your medication, only use oils. Nope. And if you come in with a pretty extreme case of something, um, let's just say you come in and you have this like gaping wound that with a trail of blood behind you, I will probably drive you directly to the emergency room and sit with you because that needs to get checked out first (laughs) before (laughs) we can do anything from an aromatherapy Mm -hmm. perspective. Essential oils. Essential oils are natural extracts that come from plants. Mm -hmm. Um, And They can come from various parts of a plant, um, and it varies by plant. So essential oils can be found in the roots, the bark, the leaves, the stems, the flowers, the fruit, um, the resin, what have you. There's different places within a plant um, that the oils can be found. Is it only plant, or sometimes it can be animal-based, or...? No, only plants. plants. Okay, cool. And only about, so so far to date, only about 30% of plants produce essential oils. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Or have oils. And essentially the oils are found in those different places in the plant um, as basically like little pockets, um, a gland, so to speak, Mm -hmm. um, of oil. And the plants use the oils for their own protection and ability to thrive um, and I say ability to thrive because they use it in a multiple ways oils can be used to attract the pollinators mm-hmm. pollinators are needed so the plant can continue to grow um, they use them to ward off predators so uh, not attracting dissuading those that could actually like cause harm to the plant. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even if the plant gets infected with a fungus or a bacteria, using those oils to fight off that, that infection, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, so again, at the end of the day, all so that plant can thrive. Mm-hmm. Now, what makes essential oils interesting is that while essential oils are natural, found in plants, a.k.a. natural,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they are unnaturally natural concentrated. Mm-hmm. So essential oils, about 80% um, of the essential oils that are produced and uh, everything are produced through a process called steam distillation. Um, mm-hmm. The other 20% either use enfleurage or cold pressing um, to extract the the oil. It takes a significant amount of plant material to create those five 10 milliliter bottles of essential oils that we find in the grocery stores, in the pharmacies, mm-hmm. what have you? Um, just as an example, uh, rose oil. Um, to produce a five milliliter bottle of rose oil, it can take anywhere from six thousand to ten thousand rose petals.
0: Are you kidding me? Whoa! N- no, that's like the half of this room of petals. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, and just, and that's why wow. rose oil is so expensive. Um, because it takes a significant amount of plant material right. to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously puts us, like, on the other side, always looking at sustainability. Mm-hmm. These might be natural, but we need to keep the environment and farming in a place where these plants can continue to grow mm-hmm. and, and thrive as well. Otherwise, we're not going to have the oils mm-hmm. either. So with that said, there. are are a lot of complexities in using essential oils, mm-hmm. and my like most recent comparison or analogy that I like to give is that not every essential oil is safe for everybody, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's a big misconception um, in the marketplace too. Is that because it's natural, anyone can use it, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. Poison ivy is natural Mm -hmm. but are you going to go rub it all over your body for fun (laughs) probably not because you know you're going to end up with a rash Mm -hmm. um and likewise essential oils there might be an allergic reaction uh, Mm -hmm. that you have to it some people are allergic to very specific flowers Mm -hmm. very specific trees some people are allergic to grass Mm -hmm. so um so allergies definitely play a role, but also your health history uh, plays a significant role as well. And so there's certain essential oils that you should never use if you have uh, certain health conditions mm-hmm. or certain states of of health like being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always easy to like find find the right mix because every person varies even in terms of like, how far progressed is their condition? What level are they at? How do they tend to react to things? What medications are they on? So all that comes into play in terms of picking what are the oils that are best for for Sally versus Joe,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, even if we're treating the exact same thing uh, in them. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that's one of the the big things that goes unmentioned mm-hmm. a lot of times in terms of just not realizing that not every essential oil is good for every person. Mm -hmm. Um, I can go further into that only Mm -hmm. because (laughs) because it's the premise of what I like to practice, Mm -hmm. too. Um, But I'll stop for for the moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's actually two thoughts uh, came here, and and then I want to ask another question. So the one um, when you were describing the pockets where the essential oils are contained— the first thought which occurred to my mind is this little trick with the orange skin. When you mm-hmm. start squeezing the orange skin in front of, um, I know, a candle, and uh, the candle starts like uh, flickering with a small fire because essential oil is the oil which is actually inflatable. Mm-hmm. And can just like
1: your um, example with the orange peel is is interesting because when it comes to all the citrus oils. The majority of them, they're, they're starting to add more processes in um, for how to extract the oils, but up until now, um, those are all done through cold pressing. But it's the peel of the fruit that's used, so you can think about trying to extract that oil, like when you zest
2: mm-hmm.
1: an orange or a lemon for cooking or baking purposes. But it's just basically trying to really extract all. Ah, cool. <laughs> all of that, those. Um, those oils out of out of the skin, um, which is far more than what we would just from zesting, yeah, um, and everything. And yes, oils are very volatile, <laughs> inflammable. So they're unnaturally concentrated. They're very volatile and they're flammable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dangerous things. <laughs> yeah. So another question. I really like and respect your your approach to essential oils, and um, because you're a thinker. I can ask you why there is uh, a notion of pseudoscience related to essential oils and maybe do you know where it's coming from and how to to explain otherwise or what is happening there?
1: It's actually a very interesting perspective. I mean, I definitely was in the camp of it being pseudoscience before I made this insect repellent. And... What's very interesting, like when you go back and you really think about our modern day industries, mm-hmm. aromatherapy is what kicked off our modern day pharmaceutical industry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In that, back at the beginning of the 1900s, when the modern day pharmaceutical industry was really starting, they were trying to synthetically make constituents that appeared in plants, mm-hmm. i.e., like analgesics. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to replicate those constituents that naturally appear in plants so they could just synthetically make it and stuff. Obviously, over time, the course and path that the pharmaceutical industry has taken has, is very different. Um, but and, but aromatherapy really was at the forefront mm-hmm. of it. Uh, same with the fragrance industry. I mean, any perfume, it's trying to you manufacture fragrances for scents that we like. You're replicating scents that come from plants
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, in the making of a perfume. The pseudoscience, I really think, comes into play from a couple of factors. I think as Western medicine really began to take off and people just learning more about the human body as a whole and how things work this way or that way, they weren't always able to explain on the spot well, why is using this particular, like, herb, Mm -hmm. like, for headaches? We don't know, but it just, that's what's done. So I think not being able to have a lot of the research up front, especially research in the way that research is done today uh, with various clinical trials, is it blinded, is it not, how many participants, what have you, all those things uh, play a role. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that, like, aromatherapy really had like a good foothold in Europe, particularly France, is where a lot of the beginnings and the term aromatherapy was was coined and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Depending on certain practices, um aromatherapy in France and Europe is done differently than what it is done in North America, um and different than what it might be done in Australia, New Zealand. Um because it didn't continue to be part of medical training Mm -hmm. as a whole, it just kind of shifted and I think just got categorized generally as like alternative. It's just over there. (laughs) Um, But over time, like there's been also other practices of aromatherapy that aren't scientific that aromatherapists might use as well, which obviously plays more into the, role of the pseudoscience side of things to just a regular person on the street um like what there's different practices where you might use aromatherapy in a similar way as like the chakras mm. and if you aren't familiar with um ayurveda or uh just the the concept of of chakras as a whole it's not something that's used traditionally in western medicine mm-hmm. um it just again, kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't know it, so I'm not going to trust it. Mm-hmm. Uh, type of mentality.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's also the the notion of each essential oil has a personality, mm. and so based on that personality is what you choose how what oils are best for the person given whatever they're trying to work through um, at the moment. So again, a different approach, um, but so that's not the one you
0: which you were using, right? No. no. Just to clarify.
1: <laughs> no, the the approach that I use is completely therapeutic. Um, so based on what you've identified as the areas that you want to focus on, I look at things from a holistic perspective. Mm-hmm. So physically what's happening um, in your body, mentally, emotionally, and then identify what are the therapeutic properties that would be best to address that particular item. Um, and in essence, it's a combination of physical therapeutic properties mm-hmm. as well as emotional and mental ones. Um, for people to really understand, because a lot of times we like to keep the body separate. Mm-hmm. My knee hurts. So it's physical. <laughs> um, but like our body doesn't always work that way. Yeah, Like our knee might hurt, but why does it hurt? And... everything. And so the example I always like to give is stress because it's something that everybody's experienced at one time or another Mm -hmm. or every day. Um, And of course, the first step of stress is you feel overwhelmed mentally. Like you just, there's too much. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? But how does that play out? Like physically, how do you respond? I mean, a lot of women like have tightness in their neck and shoulders is a pretty common Mm -hmm. uh, thing. Do you like want to just like clench your fists? Do you want to like shallow
0: breathing, like uh, not really deep? Yeah, you have
1: more rapid breathing. Mm -hmm. Everything just speeds up, but also doesn't. Um, On the flip side, emotionally, how are you responding? How what are your behavioral responses? Are you wanting to like, go in a dark room and just cry and be by yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you wanting to like run away? Are you? Do you become very short-tempered mm-hmm. um, and angry or irritable? Everyone's different. Um, and so I think just looking at all of those different effects and what are those properties and how do we address mm-hmm. it?
0: That's wonderful. That's a very complex and yet holistic uh, approach and I really respect that. That's exactly this notion of body-mind And Mm -hmm. how it goes together. First of all, I'm like, I'm so relieved that um, for you, the essential oils don't have personalities. And rather, it's almost like the opposite a person comes to you with lots of personalities within them. I somehow started thinking about the parallel with um, tea and where I'm coming from, um, and I'm coming from a very Eastern European background. Um, we've been using teas for mm-hmm. a lot of things and easy example licorice good for throat or chamomile is really good before going to sleep mm-hmm. um, so good that like I, I drink chamomile and 20 minutes later I'm, I'm totally dead sleeping mm-hmm. and um, I'm curious how exactly scents work per physically right because if you drink yep. it yeah, it's understandable. It's inside of your um, body. So what is happening when we're uh, inhaling? Oh, and by the way, could you please talk a little bit about how essential oils can be used? Like, are they diffused or drinking? What is? What are the forms of uh, interaction with the, in the substances?
1: I love the analogy to tea because I think it's a very um, a concrete example and something that makes sense to many people. Even if you're not a tea drinker. Coffee drinker. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> um, like you're wanting to go to bed or relax, have some chamomile tea. I'm the same way. Like People are like, oh, you need to relax, have some chamomile tea. And I would be out like a light. So I don't tend to drink it because <laughs> it's too sleepy. Who knows where I'll fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, oh, you're having some indigestion, have some peppermint tea. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that there's just a lot of the herbal teas that we just... Know Mm -hmm. about them, but we don't always like it's just kind of like information that's been passed on and things that have been proven. But obviously, there's always the big questions like, well, why is that? But again, it just gets into like the chemical makeups of those Mm -hmm. plants and what do they offer for essential oils. So, there's a few different ways to use essential oils. One of the biggest ways is through inhalation, and that can be inhalation with a diffuser. So you put a couple drops in your diffuser, run it. There's different types of diffusers, I'm not gonna get into that, but you run it, but it fills the air around you and you're constantly inhaling in those oils. The notion um, with inhalation is that as you're breathing in those oils, our olfactory nerves, so the nerves that allow us to smell, That those olfactory nerves are attached to the olfactory bulb, which then leads directly into the limbic system in the brain. The limbic system is responsible for our hormones, Mm -hmm. our behaviors, our memories. So, everything that we do Mm -hmm. and how we respond to things is tied to our limbic system. So, by having our olfactory system tied right in, it allows it to pass that blood-brain barrier and for neurotransmitters to then be released. Mm -hmm. So you think about it from the perspective of you smell smoke. What is your response? Of course, it puts you in a more like fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. of like either needing to evacuate, needing to call 911, Mm -hmm. what have you. You smell your grandma's chocolate chip cookies, Mm -hmm. and instead, you just are like a happy little kid who's just excited to like eat cookies and spend time with grandma and and everything else. So it just causes different responses, and it was all related to a scent.
0: Yes, it's such immediate, almost the response too, because it's just like a shortcut to your brain.
1: Yep, it only takes a few seconds. Um, If you don't have a diffuser, I mean, other ways to use um, essential oils through inhalation. uh, There's different, um, there's things like aromatherapy bracelets or necklaces, uh, which you can just have near you. And if you feel that you're in a moment where you need to inhale, you can just like position like your arm um, in such a way that you can just smell it Mm -hmm. and, and be good. Of course, there's always like... Uh, you can just open the bottle, too, and put it close and take a, a couple deep breaths in mm-hmm. and everything. So different ways for inhalation. The other common way is topically. Now, when I say topically...
0: Not on your tongue, right? <laughs> it's...
1: Not on your tongue, but also oh, not on... You'll never, you never want to apply essential oils directly to your skin.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: The reason why is that many essential oils... Can be very sensitizing mm. and and irritating. So some can like burn directly. Others might cause you to have a rash. So we always use the concept of what's called a carrier oil. Mm. Um, so and carrier oils, think about when you get a massage: grapeseed oil, coconut oil, jojoba oil, uh, what have you. Those are safe for your skin, and we dilute. The essential oils in those oils. Mm. You can also use other things as carriers, like shea butter, and there's other ways to do more like water mixtures, where you need to have a component that allows for like dispersing or emulsifying, depending as to the makeup um, of the product. As a result, uh, because in those ones oil and water don't mix. Mm-hmm. So even putting essential oils in water isn't diluting it because they're never mixing. Um, but you'll want to dilute them and then you can apply them to your skin. So whether it's like a massage oil or a lotion, what have you. by also having it in the carrier, mm-hmm. it allows it to penetrate through the skin faster. Mm. So it gets through your skin and into your body and ultimately through your circulatory and lymphatic system as it goes through your body to uh, to work. So t- typically for things topically, it really depends on uh, what you're looking at. Like if you're looking because maybe you have like arthritis in your knee. So similar to how you might apply Voltaren or something on your knee, instead you could do like a lotion or massage oil. Um, with essential oils instead. One big area of controversy Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is the ingestion Mm. of essential oils. As a certified aromatherapist, I will never have you ingest oils. Now, there is a time and place to ingest oils. Mm -hmm. However, it has to be under the supervision and direction of a medical professional that has the proper training from a medical perspective, the uh, pharmacology, pharmacokinetics perspective, and the aromatherapy perspective. All of that together. The reason why is that depending on the oil, your mucous membranes are very sensitive. Oils can be very sensitizing. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of burning that could happen. Nobody wants the insides burned.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, The other aspect too, Is that a lot of the constituents that make up essential oils, while they come from natural plants, they're not necessarily constituents that our body knows how to process Mm -hmm. and digest in a meaningful fashion. Um, Especially, and that really causes havoc, especially on our liver. And... Again, going back to something I said earlier, in that essential oils are natural, but they're unnaturally concentrated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A drop of lemon oil would be the same as eating like two to three lemons. Yeesh. So, like, that's a lot for your liver to to process as it gets through, and sometimes it gets stuck oh, and oh. can cause uh, damage. So, ingesting oils once probably not going to matter. Twice isn't going to really matter but over the long term there's a lot of like ill effect that can happen so hence really needing to be under the supervision of a medical professional with the proper training the likewise like I'll never have you put essential oils in any bodily orifice Mm -hmm. so your ears your eyes your nose the other things that are a little bit more private Mm -hmm. so and again, that's just simply because like those areas are very, very sensitive, and we don't want to cause any any reaction. I see things coming across different safety sites that I'm on all the time of just different burns that have happened uh, because either they put oils where they shouldn't or they use them not diluted and and everything and it's it's not pretty um, and it's and it takes. A while sometimes for a lot of these things to heal. Uh, so, so hence the main modes of application are really through inhalation mm-hmm. and topically on the skin with a carrier.
0: Cool. Thank you. That's amazing because they are so accessible. We can just go to an organic store or to a pharmacy or to your place and just uh, randomly buy a small bottle and not even knowing that it can like burn our skin or give a allergic reaction but also you go to a pharmacy and there is uh, 99% alcohol you're not going to probably like drink it or something like that right, right? exactly yeah but for some reason um, essential oils are so innocent <laughs> mm-hmm. like they're there <laughs> so i really like that you talk about the uh, um other aspects of uh, the essential
1: oils yeah i mean it's it's always interesting too i think the the one thing that has been really eye opening to me um as As I went through getting my certification and now as I'm actually practicing. Uh, so there's just the saying of a little goes a long way. And that is so true in the world of aromatherapy. And it's very counterintuitive to how we think about and process pretty much everything else in our life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We go out for a meal. We get these huge servings. We go to the grocery store just to buy groceries. And it's like, if something's on sale, more and more and more. It's been interesting, especially when I've been working with, with clients, and that we'll start off um, at like a moderate dilution rate and see that we even get better results when we lower it. Mm-hmm. Which on the surface just doesn't make sense, but I think it also is very true in that if we overwhelm our body too much, mm-hmm. It doesn't know fully what to do as opposed to if it's able to, like, take it slow, Mm. (laughs) take it in stride. Um, That wasn't intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Take it
0: slow, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So many things, again, I cannot even, I still want to ask you about uh, what the magic of insect repellent and what was there inside. I'm curious, so scent is like a shortcut to the brain and natural essential oils are naturally concentrated. And in the modern world, I see that we use less and less our ability to smell because Mm -hmm. any screens, gadget screens, whatever screens, especially for intellectual workers who are doing research with books, books kind of smell nice, Mm -hmm. sometimes dusty, um, but we're not that much dependent on smell for our survival or something like that. When you said that when you're lowering the doses, what I thought about is actually by activating the ability to smell. Mm -hmm. So what is happening there? Like, um, uh, How do you see our, let's say, uh, just the regular people who are not putting so much attention to ability to smell? Mm -hmm. What is happening with us as a society? And do we lose the ability to smell? And what is happening with our noses? (laughs) Especially with COVID, which is just like removes the smell completely sometimes for a couple of months. It's it's very funny, right? So that's like pandemic, which is taking away your taste and ability to smell. Mm -hmm. It's um, almost ironic um, that we already live in the media world where there is Mm -hmm. like uh, Facebook doesn't smell. So yeah. So what do you think about that?
1: No, I mean it's true. I mean smell, like any of our five senses, is primitive to just who we are as as humans. But yet it's probably the the sense that we give the least amount of attention to. We know when we don't hear or our hearing is blocked. We know when we have trouble seeing. We know when we are touching people <laughs> <Numb>. <laughs> or touching things, mm-hmm. not just people, but things. Um, and we eat every day or most of us eat every day and so we're tasting food but we forget about the sense of smell and I feel like that's one thing that really has played a huge role like for me personally and I think just even and it just really gets into like the speed of life Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways so but back to your question about when I reduce the dilution that's That plays in a role where we're applying the blends topically on the skin. So you're less, like you'll smell it, but you're not necessarily relying on the inhalation of those oils as opposed to letting it work through your body more generally. So a lot of times uh, with that you'll smell it, depending as to what it's for, you'll smell it for a couple of minutes. and then it dissipates as it's making its way uh, through your skin into your uh, bloodstream um, and everything. Obviously, if you're using inhalation as the means, those are just straight essential oils. So those aren't being diluted um, in and of itself. So,
0: What does help to activate ability to smell, to
1: maybe recognize more nuances? <laughs> yeah, I think honestly... It's simply just taking time and smelling. So I think like you said, COVID has definitely made us aware Mm -hmm. of our sense of smell because all of a sudden when you don't have it, that's when you realize like how life gets boring. (laughs) Yeah. And just like what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think but I think the way to really like use it to its fullest is really just slowing down and just taking in what what's around you and a lot of times with my clients um my one of the biggest things I'm always having them do is just breathing exercises Mm -hmm. like slowing down breathe that gets your body like back in a more balanced state which obviously then helps you think more clearly Mm -hmm. um get outside Get some fresh air. And I think just going outside, taking a slow walk, just a very leisurely walk, breathe slowly. You don't want to be like puffing and puffing and panting
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and everything. And it's almost like you just kind of become aware in a new way. Like somebody cuts or mows their grass. Mm-hmm. Of course, you always smell that grass smell, Beautiful. but try to smell that. Mm-hmm just on a leisurely walk where no one has necessarily cut their grass. You'll smell the the flowers, um, whether it's the magnolia trees that just bloomed or the flowering bushes, the pine trees, as resin and sap is oozing mm-hmm. out of those. Um, I think one thing that was very, I don't know, that always just like awakens me come spring is... The first morning I go out, and I'm usually walking the dog, but I hear the bird singing. Mm-hmm. And like singing in like such a melodious way that it's like they're having a little party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like it's spring, yay! <laughs> and it just always brings a smile to my face. And then like for me, I start to realize I'm like, I can smell this or smell that. And it's things that I don't think I naturally would have just identified with before. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, it's made life interesting in that regard. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, I have my days where my nose just gets blocked. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, this should smell like this, but I feel like I'm smelling either too much or not enough. And I don't know. And sometimes I just got to let it rest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'll come back like an hour later smell it again and it's like okay nope it's where like either I thought it was or nope okay (laughs) I need to adjust or whatever so Mm -hmm. I mean it's like our eyes we don't always see everything perfectly because again even with our eyes what we see is really our brain just putting different images together to give us this perception of what we see um and stuff so
0: wow, what kind of dog do you have
1: he is a golden doodle big one uh, he's about he's medium sized. Oh, cool. About forty pounds. Twenty kilos. <laughs> he I could go on and on. Um I'm sorry, Remy, but our dog's name is Remy. <laughs> <laughs> Remy dog. <laughs> so um his name so his full name is Remy Dore. <laughs> he really is like full like golden retriever. Mm-hmm. through and through except for his curly hair once it gets long um but we're always laughing with him because he he's just such um a ham Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) like if he could be like a stand-up comedian I think he would be (laughs) but that's amazing (laughs) we always just like give him a hard time because he's a ham in the house sometimes a nut part macadamia part peanut (laughs) um but then he's also he's got a Large percentage of chicken, and that he is he gets scared at like the most random things. <laughs> wow! So, um, but no, he's he's a great dog, and we are very much loved by
0: him. Do dogs like uh use essential oils or recognize uh, the importance of it, or because some some dogs like to jump into something very nasty and cover all of them, so there is the instinct of actually getting. So- something smell on the therefore, mm-hmm. um, I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> so, you know, there is the practice of aromatherapy with animals, um, and in particular, dogs, cats, and horses. Oh, wow. Um, what's interesting is um, I am by far, I know very little <laughs> in this whole area, and it's a whole separate certification uh, within aromatherapy because each of those animals smells affect them differently than it does us as humans. So for cats, cats cannot metabolize essential oils. At all? I don't know if at all is like um, proper, but really have a hard time and, and cannot metabolize the essential oils. Dogs, they have so many more olfactory nerves than what we as humans do. So, like, that 5 or 10 milliliter bottle of oil might smell very pleasant to us, but to them, you might as well be giving them, like, a big barrel or vat of it because that's how much, mm. like, it impacts them. Um, so, there's definitely oils never to use with with animals at all. Um, there's definitely a lot of research to be done. <laughs> as a whole in terms of what oils are proper or not um with my clients that have animals i always say you're going to be the best judge of them don't ever force them to like smell something or be locked in a room um, especially if you're running a diffuser but pay attention to their reaction are they becoming lethargic are they like vomiting are they like doing other things then it's probably the oils and you you Want to remove them from the situation. So, um,
0: good to know. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it can be very tricky. So, with our own dog, um, so our dog has skin allergies, which have been very, like, they really play havoc, um, in a lot of ways uh, with him. You can see when he has his days of just really suffering from it and everything. So, and we've tried prescription medication and that only seems to like get so far at it and stuff so I was doing a lot of research talking to um, other some veterinary professionals and and everything so and just learning that like gut health plays a lot on things too which I think is something that we're just continuing to like peel back and really understand how important our gut health is even in humans Mm -hmm. and so gave them a probiotic, and after about a month on that, significant improvement, but still had some issues. So I was like, well, why don't we try hydrosols? So hydrosols are another product that comes out in the manufacturing or making of essential oils. Mm -hmm. You get your oils on one side, when you think steam distillation, oils on one side, you get water as an output on the other side. In this water output, there are micro-constituents of the essential oil in the water. Even with those micro-constituents, it has very the same or similar therapeutic properties as the oil itself. Mm-hmm. But there's such a low percentage, like a hundredth of a percent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of uh, the oils in the water itself, that it just makes it more safe under certain for for certain people and for animals especially. So I brought home a couple hydrosols that were safe for the dog and should help with some of the itching he was experiencing. And we did a couple sniff tests. (laughs) So I put the hydrosol just like on a cotton pad and had him sniff. And we did it three different times over like two days to see which ones is he okay with, which ones does he like, which ones does he not Mm -hmm. like. He didn't like any of them, was the long and short of it. But two of them in particular, like he didn't even like get a full whiff in and he like walked away and walked out of the (laughs) room. He's like, (laughs) Like, what are you giving (laughs) me? I don't want to smell that. So I think that's also just like your dog, your animal like knows Mm -hmm. (laughs) what they like or don't like. He makes it interesting sometimes because whenever, like, I'll give my husband an oil to just smell for whatever he's dealing with in the moment, the dog's always like, let me smell, let me smell. He'll bring it over, you'll let him smell it. And then it's like, oh, no, don't like that one. (laughs) He'll just turn his head or he'll want to, like, keep smelling. It's like, well that's enough now. (laughs) I'm going to put the cover back on. Mm -hmm. So,
0: Can you share a magic of insect repellent? Could you please tell us how, how does it work? <laughs> What's the secret?
1: <laughs> so I will say that the first insect repellent I made was not to standards. <laughs> because I didn't realize that this whole like oil water thing. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously knew it in the context of like other things like making a salad dressing or uh, whatnot. But um so I'm not going to give the complete formula, but um, in terms of like ratios and and everything, but essentially it has um, a witch hazel base. Witch hazel is a hydrosol that uh, you can use, but what you find in the actual pharmacy itself is actually a combination of witch hazel plus alcohol mm. and maybe sometimes some other ingredients depending as to what they wanted to, to add into it. But witch hazel in and of itself um, just has a lot of antiseptic properties uh, to it and is just very, very gentle
2: mm-hmm.
1: on the skin. Um, I remember using it once for a really bad burn I had on my elbow where like the first layer of skin was gone. Oh, so it was just like rawness mm-hmm. and like hydrogen peroxide just would have like eaten it up. Mm-hmm. So we used witch hazel and it just was, it did its job in keeping it clean but it wasn't like it just was very gentle um, because of the witch hazel you'll need to have a dispersant um, in it to be able to allow the mixing of the oil and the water so a dispersant has the chemical makeup and mm-hmm. that it basically has a nonpolar and a polar side so water is polar oils are nonpolar and so Allows for the attachment. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's chemistry on side, and then it all like can blend together. So, um, but then the oils that I used uh, were lavender, peppermint, citronella, and lemongrass.
2: Mm.
1: So again, I'm not going to share the specifics. No, 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 no. it's I it's, honestly, when I ask you
0: this question, I, I did not expect such a complex answer. <laughs> I was just like, um, so yeah, I'm just curious why. Uh, how does it work uh for mosquitoes and so why why mosquitoes are not attracted to uh, the smell it's like it's basically it's invisible for them or it's unpleasant for them
1: um it's just un i'm assuming it's just unpleasant mm-hmm. uh for them and yeah i mm-hmm. they, they literally like just if they come close they like fly yeah. fly away um because
0: once we were gardening uh with our neighbor um all mosquitoes were biting her. I felt that she was my repellent. And Mm -hmm. as soon as she left, just like 10 minutes, mosquitoes started attacking me and then she came back and they attacked her again. Yeah. And so it felt, yeah, it feels like a hormonal thing or something like that. Like uh, her blood is just tasty.
1: Yeah. I think that there's like a lot of like figuring out why that is because in my family, it's the same way. Like they always go straight for my mom and like we're all usually fine
0: until she leaves, um, and then yeah, <laughs> they have no choice. Mosquitoes yep. have no choice
1: <laughs> but attack <they> others. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, peppermint oil is something that, like, I've heard and read. Like, if you have mice, mm-hmm. put peppermint oil along where the mice may be, and they'll eventually vacate the premises. All
0: right. Wow. So something what is so. super pleasant for us, probably for them, it's the opposite. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. All right, we actually spoke for a while. <laughs> I don't want to finish the conversation because I have still so many questions. Uh, like I would want to like invite you again and even like dive <laughs> deeper. Um, maybe is there something what you want to share and uh, something maybe which was not spoken and something which has to be mentioned right now. And after that, um, I would just ask you to tell a little bit more where to find you and uh, where you are located in Montreal and uh, what you do. Okay. Yeah.
1: So. Um, So I would say just in like my final words, like this is the slowing down podcast. And one of the things that I have learned through my life experiences is just how much better and fulfilling life is when we just take our time Mm -hmm. and that can be as simple as just like taking a leisurely stroll to work in the morning (laughs) um, instead of jumping in the car and and getting there um, when something happens and right away like your natural instinct is to be frustrated or something about it just stand up, maybe go outside, get some fresh air, and just take a few deep breaths. I just, I think breathing is one of those things that we take for granted Mm -hmm. because we naturally do it. But there is so much healing that can happen just by taking time to breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes work, but it's work that doesn't, Take hours,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a few seconds, a few minutes, and you build up. And like essential oils, you can train yourself that like when you smell a particular scent, like if you've identified orange oil, that is gonna be what makes me always happy when I smell it. There's ways that you can through your breathing, through just your mental thoughts you can train yourself that when i smell this it's going to make me be happy Mm. similar to grandma's chocolate chip cookies that always puts that smile on your face and i feel like there's ways that we can be so much more productive and life-giving when we're taking our time which again is one of those things that seems very counterintuitive um but my nine to five day, well, more like nine to six, nine to seven day, on one hand, like I go slow. But at the same time, I feel like I get more done in a day now than what I feel like I ever did when I was like scrambling and running around and feeling like a chicken with my head cut off <laughs> um, in, in the moment. So uh, I just there's so much just value in terms of just let's take our time and i think with that just also live in the present moment let's not lose what we have here and now we learn from what we've done in the past to help mold us into who we want to become in the future but we're living right now let's live right now (laughs) so
0: beautiful
1: um so,
0: where to find me? <laughs> yes, please. Right now. Maybe not right now because
1: it's an, an evening, but uh,
0: tomorrow. Yeah.
1: But Scented Path, um, it's located uh, here in Montreal in NDG. Uh, we're right on Sherbrooke, uh, 6385 Sherbrooke West. We have free parking Yay. on Sherbrooke and on the two side streets that surround us, so were pretty easy to find, uh, and parking is definitely very easy during the day uh, as well. At Scented Path, uh, again, I offer aromatherapy consultations um, where you would just simply identify what you're looking for help with, and then with each consult, you would get your own personalized blend of essential oils. Uh, we didn't talk about personalized blends yeah. um, and what the the essence. Mm-hmm. Is behind that um, but it really gets into just you as the individual we talked about health health considerations that need to be taken into account medications Um, we also look at what are your aroma preferences like what things do you like to smell versus things you don't like to smell Um, and then from there because based on those therapeutic properties and how different aspects manifest in you that also dictates what are the oils I'm going to use Not everyone gets lavender for relaxation. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of other oils to use if you're just looking to relax. And I feel like a lot of things off the shelf um, that are blends for this thing or that thing, they have good oils in them, but it's not always the best thing for every person. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is where I can make it be about you and only you, which I think is pretty special.
0: Wow, that's so cool. It's like, I would imagine, um, it's like an aroma avatar (laughs) around me.
1: (laughs) We also offer massage therapy, um, and we have a few different flavors of that. We have a nutrition coach. um, So if you're looking more for nutrition advice and guidance, um, she is a great resource. She also does Reiki. So if you're interested in that. And then I have another therapist who also does uh, Qigong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're looking, again, for breathing and posture exercises, um, again, just to kind of slow down
0: wow.
1: and, and take in uh, the moment and just kind of reset yourself. Um, You can also find us online at www.scentedpath.com. Super cool.
0: Thank you so much, Teresa. We'll finish here for today, but I'm looking forward to grab you back to this place (laughs) and ask you more questions. That would be lovely. This was so much fun. If you enjoy listening to the Slowing Down podcast and want to receive updates from me, your host, consider subscribing to my newsletter on my website janaslow.com. J-A-N-N-A-S-L-O-W dot com. This podcast was recorded and mixed at AudioZ Studios in downtown Montreal, Canada. Visit AudioZ.com for more information. The music is composed by Remy Seely, a.k.a. Klatu. Find his tunes on soundcloud.com slash Klatu, Apple Music, or Spotify. Thanks, everyone, and until the next time.